Section 19 of the Works of Edgar Allan Poe, Raven Edition, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Works of Edgar Allan Poe, Raven Edition, Volume 3, by Edgar Allan Poe. Chapter 19 we were nearly three hours in reaching the village it being more than nine miles in the interior and the path lying through a rugged country as we passed along the party of two wit the hundred and ten savages of the canoes was momentarily strengthened by smaller detachments of from two to six or seven which joined us as if by accident at different turns of the road there appeared so much of a system in this that i could not help feeling distrust and i spoke to captain guy of my apprehensions it was now too late however to recede and we concluded that our best security lay in evincing a perfect confidence in the good faith of to wit we accordingly went on keeping a wary eye upon the manoeuvres of the savages and not permitting them to divide our numbers by pushing in between in this way passing through a precipitous ravine we at length reached what we were told was the only collection of habitations upon the island as we came in sight of them the chief set up a shout and frequently repeated the word clock clock which we supposed to be the name of the village or perhaps the generic name for villages the dwellings were of the most miserable description imaginable and unlike those of even the lowest of the savage races with which mankind are acquainted were of no uniform plan some of them and these we had found belonged to the wampoos or yampoos the great men of the land consisted of a tree cut down at about four feet from the root with a large black skin thrown over it and hanging in loose folds upon the ground under this the savage nestled others were formed by means of rough limbs of trees with the withered foliage upon them made to recline at an angle of forty-five degrees against a bank of clay heaped up without regular form to the height of five or six feet others again were mere holes dug in the earth perpendicularly and covered over with similar branches these being removed when the tenant was about to enter and pulled on again when he had entered a few were built among the forked limbs of trees as they stood the upper limbs being partially cut through so as to bend over the lower thus forming thicker shelter from the weather the greater number however consisted of small shallow caverns apparently scratched in the face of a precipitous ledge of dark stone resembling fuller's earth with which three sides of the village were bounded at the door of each of these primitive caverns was a small rock which the tenant carefully placed before the entrance upon leaving his residence for what purpose i could not ascertain as the stone itself was never of a sufficient size to close up more than a third of the opening this village if it were worthy of the name lay in a valley of some depth and could only be approached from the southward the precipitous ledge of which i have already spoken cutting off all access in other directions through the middle of the valley ran a brawling stream of the same magical-looking water which has been described we saw several strange animals about the dwellings all appearing to be thoroughly domesticated 
the largest of these creatures resembled our common hog in the structure of the body and snout the tail however was bushy and the legs slender as those of the antelope its motion was exceedingly awkward and indecisive and we never saw it attempt to run we noticed also several animals very similar in appearance but of a greater length of body and covered with a black wool there were a great variety of tame fowls running about and these seemed to constitute the chief food of the natives to our astonishment we saw black albatross among these birds in a state of entire domestication going to sea periodically for food but always returning to the village as a home and using the southern shore in the vicinity as a place of incubation there they were joined by their friends the pelicans as usual but these latter never followed them to the dwellings of the savages among the other kinds of tame fowls were ducks differing very little from the canvas back of our own country black gannets and a large bird not unlike the buzzard in appearance but not carnivorous of fish there seemed to be a great abundance we saw during our visit a quantity of dried salmon rock cod blue dolphins mackerel blackfish skate conger eels elephant fish mullets soles parrotfish leather jackets gunnards hake flounders paracutas and innumerable other varieties we noticed too that most of them were similar to the fish about the group of lord auckland islands in a latitude as low as fifty one degrees south the galapago tortoise was also very plentiful we saw but few wild animals none of a large size or of a species with which we were familiar one or two serpents of a formidable aspect crossed our path but the natives paid them little attention and we concluded they were not venomous as we approached the village with too wit and his party a vast crowd of the people rushed out to meet us with loud shouts among which we could only distinguish the everlasting anamu mu and lama lama we were much surprised at perceiving that with one or two exceptions these newcomers were entirely naked and skins being used only by the men of the canoes all the weapons of the country seemed also to be in the possession of the latter for there was no appearance of any among the villagers there were a great many women and children the former not altogether wanting in what might be termed personal beauty they were straight tall and well formed with a grace and freedom of carriage not to be found in civilized society their lips however like those of the men were thick and clumsy so that even when laughing the teeth were never disclosed their hair was of a finer texture than that of the males among these naked villagers there might have been ten or twelve who were clothed like the party of Tuwit, in dresses of black skin and armed with lances and heavy clubs these appeared to have great influence among the rest and were always addressed by the title wampu these two were the tenants of the black skin palaces that of Tuwit was situated in the center of the village and was much larger and somewhat better constructed than others of its kind the tree which formed its support was cut off at a distance of twelve feet or thereabouts from the root and there were several branches left just below the cut these serving to extend the covering and in this way prevent its flapping about the trunk the covering too which consisted of four very large skins 
fastened together with wooden skewers were secured at the bottom with pegs driven through it and into the ground the floor was strewed with a quantity of dry leaves by way of carpet to this hut we were conducted with great solemnity and as many of the natives crowded in after us as possible to wit seated himself on the leaves and made signs that we should follow his example this we did and presently found ourselves in a situation peculiarly uncomfortable if not indeed critical we were on the ground twelve in number with the savages as many as forty sitting on their hams so closely around us that if any disturbance had arisen we should have found it impossible to make use of our arms or indeed to have risen to our feet the pressure was not only inside the tent but outside where probably was every individual on the whole island the crowd being prevented from trampling us to death only by the incessant exertions and vociferations of too wit our chief security lay however in the presence of too wit himself among us and we resolved to stick by him closely as the best chance of extricating ourselves from the dilemma sacrificing him immediately upon the first appearance of hostile design after some trouble a certain degree of quiet was restored when the chief addressed us in a speech of great length and very nearly resembling the one delivered in the canoes with the exception that the anamu moos were now somewhat more strenuously insisted upon than the lama lamas we listened in profound silence until the conclusion of this harangue when captain guy replied by assuring the chief of his eternal friendship and goodwill concluding what he had to say by a present of several strings of blue beads and a knife at the former the monarch much to our surprise turned up his nose with some expression of contempt but the knife gave him the most unlimited satisfaction and he immediately ordered dinner this was handed into the tent over the heads of the attendants and consisted of the palpitating entrails of a species of unknown animal probably one of the slim-legged hogs which we had observed in our approach to the village seeing us at a loss of how to proceed he began by way of setting us an example to devour yard after yard of the enticing food until we could positively stand it no longer and evinced such manifest symptoms of rebellion of stomach as inspired his majesty with a degree of astonishment only inferior to that brought about by the looking-glasses we declined however partaking of the delicacies before us and endeavored to make him understand that we had no appetite whatever having just finished a hearty dejeuner when the monarch had made an end of his meal we commenced a series of cross-questioning in every ingenious manner we could devise with a view of discovering what were the chief productions of the country and whether any of them might be turned to profit at length he seemed to have some idea of our meaning and offered to accompany us to a part of the coast where he assured us the biche de mer pointing to a specimen of that animal was to be found in great abundance we were glad of this early opportunity of escaping from the oppression of the crowd and signified our eagerness to proceed we now left the tent and accompanied by the whole population of the village followed the chief to the southeastern extremity of the island not far from the bay where our vessel lay at anchor we waited here for about an hour until the four canoes were brought around by some of the savages to our station 
the whole of our party then getting into one of them we were paddled along the edge of the reef before mentioned and of another still farther out where we saw a far greater quantity of biche de mer than the oldest seamen among us had ever seen in those groups of the lower latitudes most celebrated for this article of commerce we stayed near these reefs only long enough to satisfy ourselves that we could easily load a dozen vessels with the animal if necessary when we were taken alongside the schooner and parted with to wit after obtaining from him a promise that he would bring us in the course of twenty-four hours as many of the canvasback ducks and gallipago tortoises as his canoe would hold in the whole of this adventure we saw nothing in the demeanor of the natives calculated to create suspicion with that single exception of the systematic manner in which their party were strengthened during our route from the schooner to the village end of section 19